Welcome back, nerds, to the Game of Nerds podcast, where there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with a fandom. I'm your host, Shannon, and on this episode, we're talking all about Comic-Con conventions with my work husband, John Hicks. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing good. Hello, Shannon. Hello, everybody. I guess I should be saying welcome back to the podcast because you're like TGON's ultimate podcast guest. Every, nobody else has been on the podcast this many times because you were on the first episode, you're on the Funko episode with Andy, and yeah. now you get the conventions episode. Wow, I didn't even How, realize. It's awesome. The perks of being the work husband, right? And dealing <laughs> with my shit, um, as we yeah. like to say. Comic-Con conventions are finally back. It's been a long time since we've been on the floor. We've actually got one, me and you, John, in August, Silicon. This episode drops the weekend of San Diego Comic-Con, or Comic-Con at home, as they've been calling it the last two years. I kind of like it this way, having it all online and being available for everyone. But before we talk all about conventions that obviously me and you have done a lot of together, Mm -hmm. let's talk about what we are binge watching or what's been taking your money uh well two okay two questions on that one um so what's been taking my money is a, a lot of like you were doing wrestling last time have you jumped into pokemon not as much it's it's been a, a lot more difficult than than previously because all the cards have kind of blown up and um because of everything with COVID, it's been a lot of short printing and so anything you know a scarcity um you know gets people wanting to to buy it and people to buy and flip and the sell and prices skyrocket and this this happens you know just in life in general i mean obviously you can go back to toilet paper you know yeah, as, a, right. as something that everybody can kind of understand you know like everybody's going crazy because there was only a certain amount so um a lot of the the bigger stores then have stopped carrying them. Yeah, Target, Target was like no more Pokemon cards, and then I heard recently though that they started doing it, but it's on like a store by store basis of who can yeah. play nice, kind of like the Funkos. Yeah. But they did, they did not and- sell Funkos, but they were behind the electronics counter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of places are behind electronics, or they have them locked in their little like rolly cages, <laughs> or um, something like that. But yeah, like the sports cards in Pokemon, it's, I mean, there's a lot of fights um i even had some videos for you know like the the town next to me like people literally got in a fight because they knew you know a certain day that they were all stock so in the morning everybody would rush in and then the big catalyst is it was i forget exactly what what state but it was somewhere you know back east and i'm in california for those who, who don't know kind of were listening um you know somebody pulled a gun in the parking lot um you know, over cards because people thought they were, you know, someone was doing something. So this one guy got jumped by two people and he pulled out a gun and waved it. And then it was all on video. It's, it's made its way on Facebook and everything else. And that was kind of like, that is too far, way too far. Yeah. I shouldn't ever got to that. And so then they pulled yeah. everything, Pokemon and sports cards. And so now after a while, well, I guess I'll backtrack is then they started saying, Hey, it's only going to be Fridays at 8 a.m. And so then everybody that's just started camping out at all yeah. these places overnight so it was on like Thursday. The Funko, it was like the Funko 4 a.m. We'd all meet up at the yeah. Targets waiting for the yeah. drops. And it wasn't, I think, it wasn't until the Twinkie incident in Florida where some guy beat the crap out of somebody else over the Chase Twinkie, that Target released, yeah. that Target was like, oh, yeah, now we're going to have it behind it. You all have to walk. Mm-hmm. It's like number order. They gave you tickets. Yeah. That's when Hot Topics are doing the tickets and everything. Like, everyone, they like, there was rules that had to be made. So it... It doesn't surprise me that the sports cards and the Pokemon cards are doing that too. Yeah, a lot of them they started just doing Pokemon, 
magic, some like, you know, random racing or soccer, or hockey, some of like not the bigger sports, but it's always just on a random store, random time kind of basis. And now they limit it to like two skis per person. And a lot of the stores are doing that. So that it's a long winded response to basically say it's really hard to find Pokemon or sports cards. And, and I'm not going to go and pay all the, the aftermarket pricing because that's just, it's kind of ridiculous. Really. If you are going to spend all the extra money, you should buy a hobby box because you have better odds and you get an autograph and all that type of thing. Um, in regards to what I've been binge watching, I still, and I know it's crazy because I write articles and stuff, but I do not have cable. Um, so I, um, pick and choose the, the streaming services that I want, which is obviously AMC because I'm all about The Walking Dead and, and all of that. So I, I have all those on the ready. Um, but what I've been kind of been watching a, a lot has been, <laughs> believe it or not. Something so, non-zombie re- related because I would assume it had to be zombie related because I was going to ask you, oh, have you seen Army of the Dead by Zack Snyder on Netflix? Well, yeah, no, I, I watched that. Like I watched that on okay. opening night because I saw the previews for, like, yeah, I'll start with that. Like I, I saw the previews for that like, I don't know, a month before and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I watched it and I mean, I'm not going to lie to the audience. It was disappointing and a little lackluster. Um, you know, it, it was good for one watch through, but I, I wouldn't really recommend it to, for a second time. And they did, you know, one of those, it, it's like a, something all the, a lot of movies do is they kind of leave a string as an open ended so they can maybe have another movie if they get the funding and this and that. And, but yeah. it's also in a way, like, if not, then it could kind of, you know, end their whole kind of, you know, scope and whatever, um, black summer, which was, um, is on Netflix. That season two finally came out, uh, I want to say two weeks ago. So that had, I forgot how many episodes. I want to say like seven or eight episodes. So I really liked Black Summer. It was on that, it's on Netflix. It was good. I don't think it was as good as season one. And, and if you, it's very different than all the other kind of zombie movies and genres I've seen because it just bounces all over the place. Like, you know, you know it'll, it, I don't want to get like, get too much into it but like it'll show you like a quick hit of like basically if you have like a number like play by numbers of where it should be it's like hey this is scene seven but then it's going to flash you to three and then you're going to to nine and then you're going to two and you're just you're just jumping all over the place so oh you God. really gotta you really gotta kind of pay attention to that but um but you're used to that with the walking dead and fear the oh walking yeah. dead with like the flashbacks and like <laughs> hey we've jumped like five years and like half the people are missing now like yeah, yeah. here here's the scenario now yeah, so I, it hasn't been a problem for me, but, you know, when I'm talking to some other people, this like, they're watching it, and they're just like, what is this, and what's going on, and which is part of the fun, too, is, you know, you just get with somebody in any kind of show, and just kind of swap notes, and what you see, and how you interpret something, and, you know, then you get a different view, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, and, and it, you know, it it's really nice, um, and especially on kind of those shows where if you're really into it, and you have a different perspective, and then you go back, and you watch it, and you're like, oh, you know, like there's there's the shows that have a good rewatchability is stuff that has Easter eggs. Like you go and you're just watching it the first time to try and figure out what's going on in the story. And then if you want to watch it again, then you kind of know what the story is going to be. And then you're looking around for clues and hidden messages. And sometimes they throw an Easter egg on what's going to happen in the future or something to speculate. And, and you know, it's that type of thing. So that happens on Walking Dead a lot. But, um, you know, there's other things. That's know. how I am about Marvel. Like I, we just watched the recent episode of Loki and we've seen it once. And now Andy already this morning is like, I need to watch it again, but I need to watch it much closer now. That's 
the product of a good series fandom or anything when they can keep the fans coming back because they want to keep rewatching it. Um, I was reading a study recently that says people who have anxiety actually rewatch their favorite show because they know what's going to happen, like the predictability of it. And so that you can actually like under, you know, you, you know, what's going to happen. There's no surprises. And so uh, it doesn't surprise me though, that people though, who get into these shows and get really deep into them, are people like me and you who obsess over the tiny little details yeah, like right. oh did you see that thing and half the time you would have had to zoom in you have to pause at like exactly the right second to just see that um so yeah fandoms like walking dead i can think of disney does this too you know pixar will throw in the different uh, pixar movies we've been watching luca on repeat literally every single day if not twice since it got released that is marvel's mm-hmm. new favorite movie Fuck Bluey, because there's no new episodes of Bluey, of course. But we have watched Luca. And so if you have not seen Luca, it is amazing. Okay, no, I've not seen Luca. I know that my nephew was watching it, but I haven't seen it. Oh, go sit and watch it with him. It's really, it's beautifully done. The story is really good. It's, um, it, I'm just surprised that these Pixar movies are getting released, you know, flat (laughs) on to Disney Plus without no premiere access, like, you know, Black Widow and all these kind of things. So I feel like Pixar's kind of getting the ass end of this treatment here by not getting any premiere, you know, access or money back or recognition of showing like that it's a really great movie and it deserves to be praised. Um, You know, if I had to rate Luca versus Soul, Luca tops Soul 100%. Luca's way better than Soul. I got two more things that are my rotation. Um, So I have Peacock because of wrestling. Uh, Ah, Of course. The WWE Network went over to Peacock. So um, I've been binge watching the old WCW like way back, like the 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 Monday Night Wars, because I was you know like like probably like a, a middle to late teenager, I, I guess at the time, and you know you had to work and you can only really watch like one of the shows between WWE and and well anyway, so I was like, oh, this is background noise, you know, like when I'm cleaning the house or doing something else, but I was like going like episode by episode. So I, I mean, I think there's six years, I'll say six years of of. Of it on there, and I started before I moved to my new place. But I'm I've got like a maybe a year, year and a half left. And then the other one is is also just is unsolved mysteries. So Peacock. Oh my gosh, I love old, it. Yeah, the old original unsolved. The mysteries. new one does not do it any freaking no, no. justice. And the old one is way scarier and more like like yeah, oh yeah. should I be watching this? Yeah, no, I, I tell you that that music still like just hits, and the, that creepy freaking face of. Of the host, just I'm still convinced. This is my soul. <laughs> I'm convinced our parents showed us this that series so that we'd be scared as fuck of the real mm-hmm. world. Like you yeah. could go missing, somebody could take you, and yeah. you could be on unsolved mysteries. That could be you. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. There's there's things that I mean, I, and I I didn't watch. There's so many I didn't watch. I mean, I did watch some here and there when I was younger, but I mean, so a lot of this is new, but. I'm, I don't know if, if these used to replay somewhere else or if this is just like a peacock thing, but you watch an episode and then they'll give you an update. Like if the person got captured or the person died in prison or the person like served his their time and left. So you'll be like, oh, 
so it actually caught this person, you know, and then this person's. Oh, they must have and, done that because I don't yeah. remember that with the original no. series. I, I, I knew they, they had update. like updates, yeah. like a picture or something, like if they had gotten new information mm-hmm. since the time they had filmed it or whatever. Yeah. But I usually they didn't have like an update, like oh they caught this person because if they do, that's going to make yeah. all of us like '90s kids want to rewatch that entire series oh, yeah. just was, to know what it, happened to it's these crazy. people. And so, um, and, and there's other things like um, there was one that was probably 40 miles from me, you know, like, oh, like, it, like somebody originated, yeah. like, you know, way back. And he's like, holy crap. So I like, you know, told my, my cousins and everything when I came over from like a family dinner, I'm like, Hey, did you know that there was an unsolved mysteries with someone from 40 miles? We're like, no way. I don't know what the heck used to happen in the eighties and the nineties in regards to like autopsies and whatever. Cause like the, the other thing is you're just like so many, like, like episodes are like, Oh, well these kids, they smoked um, a marijuana cigarette. And so that's why they passed out completely on the railroad tracks and didn't move when a train like blew their horn like, yeah. over, and that's how they died because of a marijuana cigarette. And then like that, that was the, the case was closed. And then later on the parents are like, well, let's do an autopsy and this and that found out that the person, like one of the kids got shot. Like how the heck do you not see that somebody is like shot? And like, there's so many cases where it's like, Oh, well, this is, this is what we just, decided and that's over and then you know and then they, they go back and like oh we just totally missed that this person got stabbed 18 times like like what what are you doing like how could you how could so many people be so bad at their job you know that but I, they I, have I, so I, many of those murder documentaries on netflix like me and andy went through like a really murder doc spree like we watched everything on Netflix that we could and some of them were really bad like they uh, Aaron Hernandez with the young child that about gutted us um, because Marvel was still little when that came out Uh, but the Night Stalker one uh, we didn't realize that like Andy was born the week that he was going rampant in San Francisco and his family was living up there then he goes I can't imagine my mom being pregnant and like having me do any minute and this crazy murderers running around like it's amazing to see and hear these stories of how these people were caught, um, whether they're famous, but then you get the unsolved mysteries that you're just like, these people are still possibly out there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, me and you are from the Bay Area. We hear it all the time on the on the news. Oh, we've caught the killer from 1974. And you're like, how the f- did you do that? And they're like, oh, Ancestry.com or something, you know, these DNA sites or something, new technologies Mm -hmm. triggered it in the system. And then it finally came up and you're like, oh my, you know, as a parent, it's like, oh my God, the peace they probably, these now families probably have of Mm -hmm. knowing like who did this or whatnot, um, you know, justice being served. Man, those murder docs get me. There's a lot of good ones. Like it, now, my brain's reeling. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna send John this whole list of murder dogs that you should watch." Murder doc, the podcast coming soon, everybody. This uh, for October, yeah. uh, for just in time for Halloween. Um, you heard it. But we're here to talk about conventions. Me and you have been to a lot of conventions. We do conventions together. Uh, that's how it started out. Before Andy was even in a cosplay, the rule was I wasn't allowed to go to a convention unless John was going. Conventions are literally my favorite thing to do with TGON. Um, I loved conventions before I even started TGON. 
Um, I know you love going to conventions because you were doing it before even I was going to the conventions for TGON. Mm-hmm. I think your first one for us was the Walker Stalker Con in San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I guess we should start right there with that convention. That That's a great story of how you could epically kick ass and then fail massively within a span of a couple of years. Um, the Walker Stalker Fan Fest, I like to call it the Fry Festival of conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great idea. It, mm-hmm. They were great conventions. Me and you, we covered a lot of them. Uh, they started off, it was Walker Stalker was all on its own. It, like, right. it was mm-hmm. the first of kind of franchise besides creation. And it took off because most of the Walking Dead cast was there. Like that was when you could get Andrew Lincoln and Norman Reedus right, right in in person, and they were easily accessible, as I like to say. Jeffrey yeah. Morgan also was. Oh yeah, yeah that's he was right. he was there. Like I, I think Andrew Lincoln maybe went to the first couple ones. I, I don't. Re- I've never been to one where he was at, but I know that Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Norman Reedus were there for sure, and they also. The one in San Francisco, they also had, um, gosh, what was the series? It was on Sci-Fi. I'd have to look. They had, they also had, you know, some of the other series, but there was like a, a yeah. big zombie series, kind of also on Sci-Fi at the time. There were so many conventions that kind of spurred out of that company because you had Walker Stalker Con, and then it was originally Heroes of Villains Fan no, Fest, and then it changed its name to Fan Fest. Mm-hmm. It got really confusing. Yeah. And now hearing the whole story, we know why they kept changing their name because they were skipping out of legal issues. That convention was really the first convention where fans got to interact with celebrities and we got to be on the same level. They did panels out in the open where, you know, you weren't locked into a panel room. Anybody and everybody could kind of interact. Um, it was a family event, too. I remember the zip line. That was like a huge thing. Like mm-hmm. there was trampolines for the kids. So it was really main, made to be a family event. It was really successful the first heroes and villains fan fest was actually in san jose we covered it the first year arrived and we were just blown away by it and it slowly grew and grew and grew what we didn't realize was how fast it was growing that it couldn't keep up and it wasn't i think until like two or three years in that shit started hitting the fan and it wasn't just like little things hitting the fan it was you know fans are saying that they're not getting refunds Celebrities are saying they're not getting paid. Conventions are denying that the convention's even happening at their event place because bills haven't been paid. And then we come to find out that a lot of money has been used in basically Fry Festival situation. They were trying to get more and more money out of people. Um, Andy's cosplay was used as one of those things. Uh, We have released Pop and Hopper at heroes and villains fan fest and then they decided to use his cosplay as like hey come buy more tickets and we're like uh we never even got our prize for for the cosplay contest why would we uh why would we promote this and uh very very shady they were well one point z nation is the the one i was thinking of for for z nation just for anybody that's sitting there just racking their brains listening um (laughs) the other other, well another thing that they were doing is they were um or, you know, the heroes and villains and all of them, they were selling like the promo posters and materials and everything on eBay to the highest bidder. So like, you know, when they had, and even if they, if the person didn't even show up because they didn't pay him, they're like, Hey, here's, you know, get this poster, you know, or that's this banner, excuse me, you know, from so-and-so here at this event and blah, blah, blah. And they're just getting, you know, taking the money and just pocket it. And they're, you know, just stuff all over the place. And, and yeah, it was, it was really, 
it was really bad. It was really unfortunate because, you know, for like the volunteers or, you know, the people who are just, you know, want to hang out with people and maybe they couldn't afford to get tickets themselves or wanted to be close to people, you know, like they just got dumped on. And, oh, you, they got you, screwed. I have so yeah. many crying people that were like, uh, this isn't my problem. This isn't my issue. They're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. At most, they're getting free tickets for the event. They, they're they not running these. And those people were hiding out in the green room with the other celebrities and running the VIP. I mean, VIP tickets weren't cheap. and But that was kind of the way they got everybody. Because uh, how many times did we do buy one, get one free VIP tickets? Because at at that point, you're like, all right, well, if I buy one, you know, forget it. I I paid for another one and we'd all go and you get front of the line pass for a lot of those things. Um, But yeah, they hit the fan class action lawsuit against uh, James Fraser. TGON kind of has covered the whole saga, as I like to say. It's the Fry Festival of conventions. Like that's really the only way you can describe it. Um, That's kind of how it went. It hit, peaked, and then it crashed violently. Uh, I know they did try to sell it off to another company who is in charge of doing like the Godfather and um, the Sopranos conventions. So apparently they're trying to revive Walker Stalker kind of thing, but I highly doubt they're going to be able to do this. Um, I also know that the page that's on Facebook that's, you know, running all the memes and everything for Heroes and Villain Fest and Walker Stalker, the website is hooked up to the crookedlama.com, which is owned by James Frazier. So if you guys are all following those pages, you're, James Frazier is still getting your goddamn money. So, um, and if you're owed a refund, there are ways to get your money back. Um, they are working with people to get their refunds because the government has told him he has to do it. He has no choice. <laughs> he owes people money. But there are a lot of Good and great conventions. Um, SDCC is coming out this week. It's known as the largest and biggest convention. John, you're the only one on staff who has gone. Um, because it's like Crazy. literally the holy grail. Like we've yeah. applied. We've been eight years running. We've applied every single year. We get denied every single year because the rules always change. It's 50 years old. It's the original convention. Give me your take on this, buddy. It's. I know everybody says it's massive and it's crazy, but it really doesn't do it justice until you're actually there. Well, I had passes for five days. So you have the preview night and then all four days. Um, I did not plan to stay, you know, and then, you know, obviously playing and everything else. So I think my Sunday was really short, but, you know, being there the whole entire time for preview night and then just kind of bouncing in and out, you know, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, it's still impossible to do everything that you want to do. Is it like what the TV show, like, you know, we see these episodes of like the Big Bang Theory where they go to convention and they're like all sleeping in, you know, sleeping bags. You know, you only get Mm -hmm. one panel. Like, are those kind of that's true? I'm going to say absolutely. So I have never had a chance to get into Hall H or get into a panel at all, ever, because people literally, and this is not like an exaggeration, but people were lining up multiple days before the convention even started. Like I was still at home. I was still at work and it was still like half a week before I was even flying, you know, down to San Diego and they're already lining up for hall H for Thursday, which is the first day that they do hall H and they have like, 
pop-up tents, I guess for lack of a better term, but they're all and in camp like stoves and everything. Yeah. Row, like rows and rows and rows. And so it's just, you're out, you're literally out in the open just in San Diego, but they're just out there and sleep and, and, you know, people have some sort of system and, and all, it's almost like with any kind of line system, you know, you have a buddy system and, you know, you talk to the people in front and behind and be like, Hey, you know, I have four people and we're going to, you know, we're going to rotate, you know, somebody in, you know, especially if you're doing multiple days or overnight type of thing. And, you know, from what I understand from talking to other people, you know, I mean, it, it worked. There's no, I mean, there was no shootings, no stabbings, no anything that I knew about, you know, I, I would love to be there for a panel and everything else, but I'm not going to spend all this money. And who knows if I'm ever going to be lucky enough to go again, to spend like all this time waiting and waiting and waiting for an hour panel or an hour and a half when, you know, I have, there's so many events and so many things that happen outside of the convention and after hours of the convention that, you know, I didn't want to cheat myself on any of that because at the time I was into like, well, I don't say like I'm not now, but it was like Funko Pops. There was um, Fig Pens. There was Tiny Ghosts. There's and this was before the lottery, right? Because they just started doing the lottery for SDCC recently, didn't they? When so actually, when I got in, it was so it was a lottery. The first you have to get tickets, and then you get into a lottery to pick what booths you want to buy. Yeah, yeah. So many points. People don't understand that you just don't get to buy whatever you want at conventions. Sometimes at some of these conventions, you have to have a reservation or a special lottery ticket to even buy from that booth. So, So. that's, that's a good point. So I'll backtrack even more. So if you have not been to the convention before, then you have to join the general lottery. Okay. And so if you're a first timer, you join into the general lottery. And obviously that means everybody, you know, is joining in. The, there's a, one caveat that you have to throw into there is if you are there before, then you get to be part of a returning lottery. So that means a week before that, everybody that's already been to a to a convention gets to go into a lottery and then you you all hop in into this virtual waiting room and somebody will pull like if you're lucky enough you get pulled in now this is where it helps to have a system or a team because when you're in there and if you have the people's like i think it's their username you yeah, can, you have to have, you have a special buy, username yeah. number and everything yeah. like that you can buy up to three sets of tickets for somebody so you can if you're a family of three whatever you can buy it for you and your your wife and your kid so i had like a buddy and just him and his wife he bought tickets for for the returning lottery and by that time i think like the 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 rules are, are really interesting so it's like i think he had four of the five days on the returning lottery so that means he is eligible to enter into the general lottery when that happens because he does not have all five tickets. All the days. Yeah. So when he got into the general lottery, he was able to get picked. He only needed one day for him and his, and his wife. And then he had technically a third slot open for anybody else. So he messaged me quickly on the fly. He got in really early and says, hey, give me your information right now. I'm in. He got me all five days. And then like, I honestly, I cried because I've been wanting to go like my whole entire you life. You did. You called yeah. me. And, that was- <laughs> and so it was, it was like crazy. So it was like, I got lucky and, you know, because somebody else was looking out for me and there's multiple people, you know, like I said, we're all kind of looking out. And so the, there was like the, the good and bad. So then like, you know, like, okay, I'm done. 
but which means I couldn't, if I got picked, I couldn't go in and try and help two other people because at that point, my whole team was yeah. So, yeah. you know, I was like, hey guys, you know, good news, bad news. Like good news is, is I have all my tickets, you don't have to worry about me. Bad news is I have all my tickets and I can't help anybody else out. But, you know, at that point I take the win. And so when you get through all that, then you have the lotteries you can enter into. So then it's a point-based system, which I don't think a lot of people know. And so let's just say you're on Thursday. And so Thursday, they have a time slots for all the things that you can enter in. It could be Funko. It could be Lego. It could be Mattel. Hasbro. It could be, Hasbro, it could be whatever you want. And so everything is point-based. And so you have to decide, you know, do you want to try and spread your points around to multiple different companies multiple different times hoping that you'll win something or do you want to throw in hey you know what i'm allocated 14 points today do i want to throw all of my eggs in one basket try and get the 10 o'clock you know a.m funko time and see what happens you know type of thing so and, and and it's it's also that dance type of thing where if you have multiple days because these businesses will only let you in once so if you just say hey i'm going to use all of my points all days on funko and you get pulled into Funko, then every, all your other days are just null and void because you've already been pulled to that particular booth. So it's it's a lot of I mean, luck, obviously, but it's also like, a, you know, it, it takes a little game you know, Tetris. Like a, yeah, a little game of Tetris. Like, what, what are you looking for? What is your goal? And so there's all that. And then going into which like, you can't do if you're waiting in line for hall h if you want to do all exactly. that so that once again you're talking about making priorities what's a priority for you how much time do you have um sdcc i've looked at some of these videos you know you see people walking literally like you know a stick going through holding chains of people trying to get through these masses because the booth lines line up and you kind of have to ask hey what line are you in which yeah. line is this um to kind of figure out what's going on it, it it's a madhouse but these lotteries and um, these kind of things only really happen at the big conventions which is sdcc nycc eccc Am I forgetting another CCCC that uh, I think that's those are the big ones because um, yeah. those are usually the one that Funko's hits, as we like to say. If you had to go to San Diego Comic-Con again, but you had to do it from scratch, not as a returning member, would you do it again? Like, is it worth all this time and energy? Because a lot of uh, we talked about the one year we had a uh, we heard on the Funko board, a family coming in from Australia. They spent all the money to come to SDCC. They didn't get into one goddamn booth. Uh, that's a tough question. I, I'm going to say I would say at this point, probably not only because I've I've done it. Obviously, it's always hard to kind of figure out, you know, if you hit a booth or or something like that, like. I'll, I'll, for, for me now I would go for if I got into fun days and I might even just fly in for fun days because you know fun days is for those who don't know is like Funko's Super Bowl kind of event you know it's they do all these exclusives yeah. they give away stuff whatever um, you know and I might even just fly in for that uh, at this point I wouldn't I don't think I would go and wait all the time in Hall H even if I had nothing else to do I, I mean I'm crazy and I like stuff but I learned that, you know, for instance, if you're waiting for the trailer to drop, the trailers, you know, that they unleash at Hall H hit YouTube within minutes. Mm-hmm. When the trailers hit that I wanted, I just found some some corner in some hotel and put my headphones on and just 
watched, you know, the five minute trailer for whatever. And, and then I just continued on, you know, whatever I was doing just to kind of walk around. And if you don't have any booths to go to, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, four or five days is too much. It's almost like if you are super, super, super over the top crazy and there's things that you collect and there's things that you want, then it makes sense. Or if you're, gosh, I hate to say it. If you're there to try and make money, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously that's, that's a gamble. The and that's the place to make it because, you know, there's so many things that people can, you know, you can only get there and not just from lottery booths, but like if you know where to look or how to, you know, look for it. Merchandise. Uh, merchandise or whatever. And, and you got to hustle. You got to be at the right spot. You got to be lucky. Some of these companies, you know, if you're following people on Twitter, they'll do giveaways and hey, you know, meet someone here and answer the, this question and you get this thing. And, and like, like if you're just trying to like hustle there, there's the possibilities there, but I, I just say possibilities because you could just get shut out and you can be spending thousands of dollars on hotel fees and food and airfare and getting there. And then, you know, so you're, you're starting at a hole from the beginning. And, and it's also, it's a little easier for, for me. Cause I mean, we're in California, so you can fly. Or I think I drove, like I drove the first time, which is like 10 or 12 hours because I'm like, oh, I'm just going to bring my loot and I'm whatever. I'm crazy. I can just drive all night and, and the type of thing. And like, if I get tons of stuff, I don't want to like ship it out. And, but if you're, you know, if you're in Tennessee, I mean, you, you that's, you got to factor that in. You got to factor your time. You got to factor shipping all that stuff back. So it's just kind of a, it's a gamble. It's a, it's a it's, gamble. For me, for a media perspective, I mean, we TGON has been going for eight years. We applied every year. It's always been different restrictions or, you know, they've come up with some new requirements or they're out of tickets. And for me, it feels like such a money grab. Like it's not fan based anymore. It's not for the fans. Um, yes, it's usually a big media event for the media, um, but it's not fair if you're not letting all the media in and there's being different restrictions. Um, I remember hearing from a family friend, um, you know, they were like, oh, well, we got SDCC tickets and did not like, it didn't even phase him what he was like, what he had or anything. Like he's like, Oh, I just gave it to a friend. And we're like, well, how did you get it? Oh, work gave it out to everybody. And it's like, so you're telling us this is an exclusive event, but yet you're giving out tickets to just willy nilly who, whoever the hell wants to go. So it just, it doesn't make sense to me. And so when the pandemic hit, Having SDCC at home not only made it more fan accessible, it made it really nice for all of us media. We were covering it from home the last seven years because we, if we couldn't go there, all right, well, we're going to figure out some way else to get the news to the fans. So to have everything at home easily accessible on YouTube, I can get that article out even faster than I could years prior <laughs> because I have access to the entire panel now. Um, I feel like SDCC would be stupid not to continue to do this. Uh, but I know damn well them well enough mm -hmm. that they will go continue for the money and we will not be having this, you know, uh, live streaming of the panels after this year. I, I agree. The only thing I could think of where that would still happen again, kind of goes to the money grab is you have to pay like a subscription or they're going to make people. That's pay what, well, you know? that's what read pop is doing with ECC and NYCC. Um, you know, you buy a membership and then you can do all the live panels. And for those who don't want to travel or can't travel and still want to be at the comp, those are great options. And wizard world transformed to all virtual over the pandemic. Cause they had to make money too. So there's a lot of conventions that's moved. Um, ECC is another one that actually me and you have both been to. 2019 was the first year that we went together. Mm -hmm. um, and we had a blast. The, you had gone before yeah. me. So you were like prepped. You do the layout. You kind of like guided us, me, well, me and Andy through it. Um, I was 
we had just found out a couple of weeks earlier that we were pregnant with Marvel. So I was sicker than a dog. And that for me was such a fun convention, though. For how miserable I was, it was such a fun convention. So I, I agree. I, I think ECCC is is one of my favorites, if if not my favorite. I mean, the Silicon Valley is, is in a discussion, I mean, for obvious reasons. But yeah, I mean, I enjoy that more than San Diego Comic-Con. I always have. And and it's funny because, and that's even when saying, for some reason, Seattle, the town does not like me because every single time I go there, I get sick. No matter what time of year, I've always came back sick. And I don't usually get sick, which is just crazy. No, you're not. And so no. I get, you know, I was like just miserable and stuffy. And there's even the one time, like I was, okay, I was so, so sick. I want to go home that I switched my flight and everything else. I left a day early. I paid like 800 bucks to get home just to probably home. like 12 hours early because it was, I was miserable. But with that said, but that's a long, that's a long drive. Cause when we did it, we did it. We had the dogs. We had to drive cause we had the pop box. We couldn't fly it. Cause that was the first yeah, time yeah. Funko saw pop and a hopper 14 hours in the car over two days as I'm hurling into a bucket with morning sickness, which was just, yeah, no, mm-mm, would not recommend it for anybody. Uh, but Emeralds, but once again, Emerald City Comic Con, when I compare it to SDCC, I feel like it's less crowded, but it's just as big. But that may be because it's two separate buildings, which is my biggest bitch about it. It's like, why are we in two separate yeah. buildings? Uh, yeah, I think, well, the ECCC is it's nice for also, I think, a multiple reasons. Like you're saying, it, it's probably as big or, or close to it. It just seems that everything else around it is closer proximity than in San Diego Comic-Con. Like, you know, if you want to leave and you want to go and sit down and go to a restaurant or go do something else, like it's, it's closer and more accessible. And um, obviously if you're a fan of Funko, I mean, Everett is not that far away. You can rent a car and no. go up and see like the headquarters and everything else there. But there's always seems to be more events that are happening, you know, around with ECCC, then San Diego Comic-Con, for instance, like Fugitive Toys would continue to, to put on a party. Figpin um, put on uh, an event up there. Um, I know that like- We had all those proto- meetups for like the protos groups yeah, the proto and all groups those kind of things. Tiny so many- and all sorts of like yeah. everything. So there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of things going on. So that's like, if you went there and you didn't have tickets for all the days, chances are there was still something happening outside of that event that you could still go to and you can meet people and see people and hang out. And again, if nothing else, if you had a spare day and you want to go up to you know, the headquarters for Funko, like that's a 40 minute drive or whatever the case, case may be. But there's so many, yeah, uh, we've always, I've always had way more fun there than uh, San Diego, which is funny to say, but. Um, it's nice to know that there are cons that are like not crazy but they're crazy. Like it's just the right amount of crazy. Cause every time I think of ECC, I think of the fugitive Funko party and Andy has pop and hopper to, to the A area, uh, E 40 song. Yeah. That. So still one of my top moments. So when we all went stupid, that was my idea. I know that was. Yeah. To, to kind of explain to the people, cause obviously can't see, but, um, I'll post a video with the article for you. Basically, two sides uh, for Funko, and it almost yeah. kind of the it, Funko yeah. team was there. Yeah. They were the they, judges. They were, they were of the judges, the thing. and so it was. The building was kind of split into two halves, and it and it almost 
became like East Coast versus West Coast based on how everybody was sitting. It's not like we were beefing or anything, but that's just kind of how it like it. We all out. grouped up that and way. So on the East Coast kind of side went first, and they, you know, they had a lip syncer or dance or whatever. And then I was like, okay, we, you know, this is our song, and Andy was gonna our hype man. And I was like, dude, it's like the song's like. Get, you know, get stupid and dumb, and I was like, I, I just yeah. wait, and like us all just rush there and just go crazy, and we did, and we danced so hard, and it was so great. They recorded the video, and we all got a shirt, and the shirt was too small and it didn't fit, and I was just like, <laughs> we're like dying, we're like, oh man, we just danced so much. I'm so sweaty in here, and it's so hot, and I got a shirt that I can't even wear. Like, was it worth it? I mean, because it was, because it was fun, and. People, you know, and and the Funko people were posting it on their Instagram stories and everything else, and like that part was fun. I was like, oh my gosh, we need to, we need to calm down. We did all this for sure. A for effort, yeah. always, John. A for effort. Um, that I think that convention solidified the cosplay for Andy and doing the fun, doing the Funko thing. Because the minute I, I literally remember the minute sully saw Andy, he just like he was talking to somebody else, and his eyes just got really big, like. Holy shit, that's a real Funko. Yeah. That's like a human Funko. And then it was, then they went in to talk to us and no. And, you know, we were honestly expecting them to be like, yeah, this is really cool, but you can't do it from now on. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, like, because it's, it's, it's a night. We do good, John. We do good. <laughs> um, and you, you know, you've done Ramathorn, so you know how much work and energy goes into these things, and but how much fun they are. People love these boxes, um, and yeah. as long as they don't touch them, that's my big bitch. I mean, to yeah, touch I, the, box. I, I, the shift has happened where I enjoy cosplaying. Well, I started as cosplaying, just however I can make it, and then I was like, okay, you know, going and checking things out and buying stuff and whatever else. And then it just came back to like cosplaying and I enjoy like cosplaying and, and meeting new people and seeing the joy on people's faces and how many people want to stop and take a picture. And even, even when you're at that break period where you're outside of the box and you're trying to eat some food or you're going to the restroom and someone like sees the costume that you put on besides the box and they're running over to you because they can recognize you from you know, around the way and they want to take a picture and like all that is just, it's just super fun. And then there's also, there's, and I hope he's still there. And I, you might remember, there's this like kind of smaller kid and he, oh gosh, he, he had like brown hair and he had, he's there with his parents and he had like an older brother and he's been in Silicon Valley like a couple times and every single time yeah. he sees us, he like lights up and he runs over yep. and he wants to give us a fist pump and he wants to take a picture. Yep. And I, I can't remember this kid's name, but it's like, it's been a recurring theme. Like he, he just couldn't keep his eyes off of our boxes and everything else. Like it was. He just, follows us. I am almost positive that family follows us on Instagram, and they were asking if we were coming to Silicon. We said we'll be out, and they're like, "You're coming with the boxes." And Andy's like, "We'll be there with our boxes. Don't you worry." Um, it, it, that once again, I, I we just dropped an episode about cosplay, and that was one thing I was talking about is just watching you guys walk around i mean i joke that you guys need body security guards and people to babysit you because you really do bring the masses like i thought one was bad too is just you guys can get a group you guys block entrances you you guys are the shit as i like to say <laughs> uh car ramrod uh but 
once again, I think that's the beauty of conventions. It brings people out. Um, we see a lot of people who do talented things. Like I, we've been in cosplay contests. We've seen some of these creations. I remember the, was it a Megazord or went before you and Andy mm -hmm. or after you guys? It was the Megazord, yeah. Ultra Zord, some Power Ranger thing. That thing was freaking amazing and it was two halves and he had i remember he had the other half on a dolly behind him he had like the, yeah, he was yeah, walking was. in the legs and he had the other half on a dolly um but yeah conventions bring out the coolest creative people it also brings out you know supporting our local comic book shops um and game shops because a lot of those game shops are starting to pop up here in the bay area you know where they're half game shop and cafe or things like that um supporting things are really important the other big one is NYCC. Have you you haven't been to New York Comic Con? No, have you? no, that's what I thought. I always get it confused with the Toy Fair. That's my problem. <laughs> because aren't they a couple of weeks apart from each other? I don't know for sure. Uh, I do want to say that they're kind of close, you know, in, in timeline. Okay. But no, I've, I haven't been there. I mean, there's I have people that want me to go to that one, and then also um, a, a bigger convention out there is Five Points. Five Points Fest for oh, okay, people yeah. like designer toys and, and art and stuff like that. But um, no, I have never been to either of those. That's on Andy's list. He wants to do NYCC once. Um, that's usually in October. Uh, ECC Emerald City Comic Con is in March, but they're they're having one in December, which then begs the question: Are we going to have it again in March? And oh, yeah, uh, there's so much like, stuff happening like in the same time. It's it's crazy because it's like there's like LA Comic Con, there's Complex Con, there's Designer Con, there's ECC. Like there's just so much stuff. I mean, and then like, um, I mean, I know Funko is doing the, their thing in early August um, at San Diego Comic Con's having yeah. their home home or no, sorry, San Diego Comic Con special edition will be mm -hmm. the week of Thanksgiving, which all of us were like, yeah. okay, what what the hell is that? Um, apparently, it's going to be an in person event. Um, nobody's been announced for those. I know that Reed Pop, which owns uh, ECCC and NYCC, they're doing MegaCon in Orlando first, and that's kind of their first rollback into conventions. And then they should announce more for NYCC, which then should roll into ECCC, and we'll kind of see what they're doing. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if that they push ECCC to March, because December in Seattle with cosplay is not going to be fun, especially yeah. with two buildings. You and I both know it's not covered, so you can't really go anywhere. And there's no parking at the convention. It's all around parking around. So, yeah, logistics-wise, not going to be fun for a lot of people. So it should be interesting to see how these kind of panel out. But I'm really glad that these conventions are coming back. There's a lot of conventions that we didn't think were going to survive the pandemic. Um, Wizard World was one of those ones that flipped. Hey, if we can't be in person, we'll bring it to you virtual. Um, and doing... I thought it was ingenious to do the virtual one-on-ones, like instead of autograph set, they, I still, they still did autograph sessions, but they did one-on-one -on -one chats mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Dude, brilliant way to make your money back. Yeah. The panels were free, but then you could pay to mm -hmm. do those kind of things. Are there some other conventions that you really, really like and that you always want to go to or you want to go to? I haven't always wanted to go to, but I, I probably want... Because again, I'm kind of into the card thing. They have like the they call it the nationals. I think it's in like Texas or whatever. It's it's happening too soon. I couldn't go this time, but just you know something like that, just to go and see like all the you know all the cards and all the stuff I can't afford because I'm not that rich. But um, I have, I mean, obviously, like a, kind of we touched on Silicon Valley Comic Con has always been a favorite. But um, you know, Designer Con 
has been fun. It, it's it hasn't. Been, You've been going to that for a few years yeah, now. Like that's been your yeah. kind of thing. Like oh no, I'm going to this. Yeah, I kind of you know transitioned a little little out of well you know transitioned to Funko to more designer kind of toys and and designer toys to cards. But it's like it, it's cool because. I have no artistic ability. You know, I'm, anybody's heard me on before. I do crooked stick figures, and I, you know, I can't draw for crap, me. and and I can color and all that stuff. So I, I enjoy seeing all that stuff because for me, it just blows my mind on what these talented people can do. And then you, you know, you go and it's not real. It's not a cosplay really event. So if you're if that's your your thing, designer con is not for you or not for that. It's more just to kind of you know see people's artwork and see people's paintings and people make custom yeah. figures and just all sorts of just mind-blowing cool stuff there is though there's a lot of talented designer i mean we know some some great people shout out to priscilla who makes these mm -hmm. those her little figures oh once again i don't have talent i'm crooked stick figures with yeah. you so anybody who can create things or just draw free-handed dude you way cool and I, designer con is specifically for toy designers it's not like toy fair which is like for the big companies to release their toy designs for the year right Correct. like that's the difference mm -hmm. it's more independent independent designers like what you would find on like itsy or something like that yeah and just bigger okay. sites and you know like everybody comes and brings their own booth and you'll have you know some of the bigger names in um the designer toy world like martian toys and and you know you'll see the stuff like quicks and you'll see um bait the company bait will be there um trying to think some of the other ones um unbox industries they're over they're overseas and they always come over and and so yeah it, it's you know people will bring in stock and then just like anything else people will bring in exclusives just for that particular event to to get you to go and again if you're looking for to be a completionist then you almost have to go or prepare be prepared to spend lots of money and um or big a friend like we yeah, do I don't, really, I don't really remember if they i don't think they had a lottery for anything it was just kind of a you got to pick and choose where you're going to line up there's you know there's not a it's not enough to be everywhere. Usually but. the smaller conventions don't have lotteries. It's no. only these big, uh, like even MegaCon doesn't have a lottery system, I don't think. DragonCon doesn't have a lottery system, I don't believe. Um, Fan Expo just signed a contract with the Moscone Center here in San Francisco. So Fan Expo, which has been up in Canada, will be down here in San Francisco for the next five years, which is really exciting because we haven't had a, con a convention in San Francisco in a long, long time, I think. Yeah, I want to say it's been a while because I remember the last time we went and it was to meet. Uh, who did we meet? Oh, my gosh. Oh, the 12th Doctor. Gotcha. That's we met Peter Capaldi there. That was the the last time we were in San Francisco. And uh, I, I'm glad to see that they're coming back. Our big one, though, that we will be at is Silicon Valley Comic Con, which is now Silicon with Adam Savage. Yeah, Steve Wozniak sold it to Adam Savage. And now that's his kind of con and it's, I'm feeling it's going to be a lot more cosplay based, which is kind of our realm to be playing. in if we're going to go play, but we've been covering this con since day one. This is our, this is our con as me and John like to say, um, we've gone to all the little parties and been fancy smancy, um, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. It, it's, it, 
I love that con. It's it's good to be at home and know our turf mm-hmm. and know where we are um, and where all the fun stuff is and where everything's hidden. Because as you know, the San Jose Convention Center has a lot of little nooks and crannies mm-hmm. where they can hide stuff. Uh, but are you are you going to be doing cosplay and everything for Silicon Valley Comic Con or Silicon? I, sh- I got to get used to calling it Silicon. I mean, I don't have anything set planned, but I know I probably should. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I mean, I have the regular rotation of, you know, my Riddler costume, Green Lantern, Ramathorn. Um, I mean, or I can be convinced to do something else, but I know that just being there with, you know, as normal clothes is not, not the business. So you know, I might just. Oh, well, you know, I know a lady. I know a lady who may be storing a Ramathorn box, so maybe right. we can talk to her. <laughs> I'll, I'll get the maple syrup. <laughs> I, I actually think I have your maple syrup. It's up in my cabinet. Um, it, yeah, it's right next to the Starbucks cup I had to completely destroy. My only oh. one good Starbucks cup I had, I had to completely destroy for Andy and his liter of cola. I mean, I, I think we need to, uh, you know, we need to dress up. So, I mean, we are the fan favorites, you know. After all, are, from that event, we did get that award. So, I mean, we had to at least show up for our fans, right? Because, I mean, we're the faves. So, <laughs> make, uh, we'll make it happen. You hear to hear first, folks. You guys got you guys got to come down to San Jose in August for Silicon and see what John and Andy pull out of their ass in the next month and a half and make my life a living hell. Because guess who has to help do the cosplays, folks? Me. That's you. <laughs> but i'm very i'm getting very good um it's it's nice that we have a whole cosplay team now at tgon because when i have a real problem i message them and they are so helpful like oh no this is where you go or this is what you would buy and um man itsy the one convention that i've talked enough shit about probably is creation entertainment which they probably are like shannon we're never gonna let her into the damn house um (laughs) But Creation Entertainment is kind of known to be the most expensive convention. They're also known to be very fandom specific. Um, It's not like Walker Stalker Con where they kind of like, oh, yeah, everything that's included in zombies is included in Walker Stalker Con. It's no, we're covering Supernatural and it's only Supernatural. We are covering Star Trek and it is only Star Trek. Vampire Diaries. um, I know they've done Stranger Things. These conventions bother me because I've seen the prices. They read donk. Really? Like, yeah. And I talked to Meg about this because Meg has been to a lot of these conventions and she goes, yeah, that's why everybody volunteers. That's how a lot, you know, a lot of these people go to these conventions is volunteering. And if conventions are, yes, they are a luxury. Not everybody can afford to go to a convention, but I will say that a lot of Groupons and deals pop out for these conventions because they are trying to sell tickets. So be on their email list and see if, you know, what's coming. And if it really is an issue, volunteering. They do have a lot of these conventions. You can volunteer for one day or two day. There's usually a minimum. Um, some of them, like I know Meg was saying with the Supernatural is you had to, vo- you volunteered for the weekend and you got one photo op. So she goes, it, it, for me, it was worth it because I was getting to go to the, con- you know, it wasn't like I was getting to enjoy the convention. I still had to work and do stuff, mm-hmm. but I got to be in the environment and 
I got a perk out of it. So um, depending on the conventions, there's a lot of ones that you can check out, look into what they have, the deals. Um, I know family here. I, I don't want to bring up Heroes and Villains Fan Fest because that's the worst example to use, but they were, but they did a great example. It was usually like buy one, get one free or, you know, um, the VIP, you know, packs or whatever it was like, there's always like some kind of deal going on, usually a couple of weeks before the convention, because they're trying to drum up more business. Also, just to piggyback, check Groupon, because some of the times, you know, if the conventions are trying to get some more, more sales and more people, they'll put some super, super great deal on Groupon, you know, so, you know, set your alerts on that or whatever, and you know, be the first to know to hop on those. I know that we've done that before. Maybe not me and you, but yeah. I know we kind of saw No, we have. Before. We yeah. have done for VIP. We've done a bunch of VIP passes that way. But I know convention does not do that. They, they're they not all about that. But a lot of our other local conventions, they will do that. Um, if you had any tips or tricks for conventions in general, what would be your tips and tricks, John? Have a plan. Know that the plan is going to get blown up, but at least have some sort of like guidelines. Take a few minutes to study the map kind of get your bearings, figure out where you want to go, how you're going to, how you're going to get there. If your game plan is to get to, to places as quick as possible, just pretend like you're Gumby and you just got to weave your way in between people because not everybody is there to do the same thing. And if you're trying to wait for, to pass somebody, you're going to, you're going to be too late. Make sure you wear comfy shoes because you're going to be on your feet a lot. And depending on what kind of convention or where you're at you're either on concrete or you're outside it's very rarely that you're going to have any kind of carpet and um you know if you have a backpack or a you know a little pack or something you, you know you're going to want to make sure that you have water you're going to make sure that you're going to have like aspirin because at some point you're probably going to have a headache or you're going to have some sort of aches and pains um, you know, make snacks. Like snacks. Yeah, you know, make sure you have some snacks. You know, or you're gonna call Shannon to bring you the snacks, as yeah. John would say. Um, <laughs> if you can find, and so this is also like one of the biggest things, is if you have the ability to find a little teeny foldable chair that will fit into your backpack, that is going to be a lifesaver because when you finally get to the line that you need to be at it's very possible that you will be sitting in that line for an hour or two hours or whatever. And if you have some sort of little foldable chair to sit on instead of sitting on the concrete or the whatever, it, it's going to be great. Or, you know, you can set that there and put your food on there while you're having a little chair picnic or whatever. Like you have no idea how many people have been jealous um, over the years of the chair that I have brought um, it is now since broke, and now I'm talking about it. I need to make sure I get another one that conventions are coming by again. But that has has definitely um, been a big thing. Um, oh, yeah, besides the comfy shoes, like get those Dr. Scholl's insole, like insole things, put them in your shoes. Like feet comfort is going to be huge because if your feet are killing you, you're going to be very upset and very grumpy. And, you know, if you're talking four or five days on your feet, running around it's like disneyland yeah it's almost like going to a theme park like that's the amount of energy you're gonna do but i always tell like if you haven't been to convention the one thing that i always hear come out of people's mouth when we're standing in line is oh my god this line is taking forever when you go to convention just know rule number one there will be a line you will wait in the line stop bitching about the line because there's yeah. always going to be a line no matter where you go there will be a line um, and you have to kind of accept that the biggest example I have is when we first met Stan Lee, uh, the 
I think we waited three hours in line because he ended up stopping halfway through it. And, you know, when you have small kids and these kind of things, you have to keep these into, you know, kind of into play and these factors, because if you're stuck in line, you stuck in line. Um, and the, you either have to have someone holding your spot or you're getting out of line. And I think that's what a lot of people forget is you're not the only person who's coming to see this celebrity or, you know, meet these actors. It's, Everybody else and their mother wants to come see them too. So plan, like you say, have a game plan and be re uh, realistic about it. Kind of, you know, you cannot see six celebrities and do five photo ops and five autographs in one day. Um, it's not going to happen. And I do know a lot of these conventions do not offer any refunds unless the yeah. celebrity, you know, doesn't show up. So if you can't get those all done in one day, you screw. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, and just again, uh, piggybacking on kind of off what you said, having somebody else there to tag in and out if you're waiting in line or to, like you said, to bring you a snack or bring you water or whatever, that is, that's key and clutch because yes, something happens or, you know, what, you need to use the restroom, but you don't want to lose your spot. And, you know, the people around you are jerks. So then you, you know, you, you, you phone a friend and say, Hey, you know what, yeah. can you come, can you come hang out for 10 minutes? You know, whatever type of thing. And, and also, and, and, you know, they'll return the favor, you know, back to you. And, um, you know, if you need to, to go away or sometimes, you know, again, just like helping each other out is like, Hey, you like, you're saying, you know, Hey, I'm at this booth and this booth is between one and two, but I got pulled to this other lottery that starts at two o'clock or two thirty. you know, Hey, you know, you ask one of your buddies, Hey, can you stand in line for me when I'm done? I'll take your spot and then yeah. you go on your way, you know, that type of, you know, that there's, there's a lot of things that you don't think about and, um, you can't think about because it's impossible to think of all the kind of examples. And, and I know that if we sit here and, and chat, we'll think of 17 more things that we, we should say, but it's, but you have to go in with a plan. Like you can't yeah. willy nilly like, Oh, buy the tickets and like, Oh yeah, we'll figure out when we walk in there. Like you literally the night before kind of have to game plan. And especially if you've bought in these, photo packages and these tickets, a lot of them come now with specific times. So you've got to make sure that you're there and lined up 30 minutes before your photo op or before your autograph. And like you say, if you've got to be in an autograph over here and a photograph, autographs and photographs are never in the same place. Photographs are always usually in another building, some way far, far away. So you be ready to run. So you got to kind of finagle these and, um, you know, a lot of people will ask, oh, are VIP tickets worth it? Yes, in some aspects. Um, if it's a convention where there's going to be a lot of people, like we do Silicon, usually we do a VIP pass every year because it's a pain in the ass for Andy to stand in line with his giant box. Nobody likes when he stands in line with the box because um, it's <laughs> ginormous and it takes yeah. up a lot of space in line. Yeah. Um, but it you still have to wait in line. It's not like some magical like pass where you're like, Oh, I get to the front of the line whenever I want. No, you still have to, there's a VIP line too. Um, and some actors cancel, like don't just bank on one actor. Like, Oh, I'm buying VIP. Cause I want to meet Andrew Lincoln. There's a good chance. Andrew Lincoln might not show up because that's what happened to Andy last year with David Harbor. He was very, very upset that David Harbor wasn't there to see pop and hopper. And that's how we got car, car ramrod. Yep. Yep. That's true. Huh? Happy so accident. Hey. It, <laughs> I knew it was going to come eventually. I think it just kind of pushed him that he needed to do it. He's like, fine. If I can't do Hopper, I'll bring out something new. Um, but I think he was, 
I think it was because he went to ECCC and saw all the rest of the Stranger Things cast Mm -hmm. and talking to every single because we met all the kids that all the kids were there and talking to them and them taking pictures with him and them taking pictures of his costume and saying, oh, we're going to show David. Oh, he's going to be so he's going to be so thrilled when he sees it and all these things. Like, I think that just got his hopes up and then. Yeah, and then they announced it. I remember when they announced it because he like screamed. It was like six o'clock. They announced it early, like screaming, "He's coming! <laughs> he's gonna come!" And I'm like, "He's getting like I told him. I go, he's probably gonna cancel. There's, he's probably and sure enough, he canceled like three weeks. I think it was like a month before yeah. he was gonna arrive. He he canceled. So. So please be aware that celebrities cancel or you could be like Aquaman in your flight, be delayed a bunch of hours and only end up being able to show up for half the day. That happened that year, too. Um, and seen a lot of shit happen at conventions. You never know also because, you know, you have the random celebrity who wants to take a picture with you and your cosplay. So remember with um, Legends of Tomorrow. I forget the actress's name, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she, her, and her, her people were. She got done with signing autographs, and I just happened to be standing there, and she said, "Hey, Riddler's my favorite, um, my favorite villain. Can I take a picture with you?" And I was like, "See a backpack," and I just yeeted that right off the side, and yeah, You're like chuck it. Took a picture. She put it on the on her Instagram story because I didn't tell anybody because I didn't think anybody believed me until there is proof. But yeah, it's the thing you just never know. I mean, and that's the thing is the celebrities are also fans too. Like that's you know yeah, you have to remember that too. So yeah, it's pretty neat. Were you were you standing there when I knocked down all the lines at Red Skull? <laughs> Maybe, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Like, yes, I was. So for fans, if you didn't know, um, I can't think of the actor's name because he's on The Walking Dead too. Uh, Ross, um, but Mark, he plays Mark Red Skull. Yeah, Ross. Yeah. Um, he saw Andy the first day he was at Heroes and Villains Fan Fest, and he saw his cosplay and told him, hey, this is awesome. I need to take a picture of you. And Andy goes, well, I'm coming back tomorrow as a Marvel character. Do you want me to stop by your booth? He goes, please do. I want to take a picture of you. So sure enough, we toddle on over there. And I, of course, you were with us. And I go, he goes to take the picture and I asked him very nicely, hey, can I take a picture of you taking a picture of Andy? Because how many people can say a celebrity is taking a photo of you? Well, as I'm backing up, you guys, my backpack gets caught up in those line holder thingies and I knock down every single one in his entire little corral area. And thank God, I think he just could see in my, like, in my face that I was so embarrassed and that I was, like, on the verge of tears because everyone in the convention hall is now looking at me. Like, everyone's looking at us. And he just starts slow clapping. And I'm just like, oh my God, thank you. And so we're walking away, and I remember exactly what Andy said to me. He goes, yeah, you're gonna remember that forever. Forever. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. time I embarrassed myself in front of Red School, but they once again the point you bring. They are fans too, and especially when they see cosplays of themselves or of other things that they're interacting with, it's it's awesome. And I I love the convention and the feel of it. I I can't wait to get back on the floor. If you had if you had a friend who had never been to a convention and you were trying to get them to go, what would you say to get them to go? I don't. know. You're just gonna have fun. I mean, it's really hard to to say because it, it it's almost like you have to do an individualized pitch to everybody because you have to know what they like, because the chances are that something that they enjoy is going to be at a convention, you know, and you know, somebody likes art 
there's there. Somebody likes cosplay. It's there. You know, somebody likes celebrities. You know, they're like, like everybody likes like something different. Like, you know, like you guys are all about seeing the celebrities and taking pictures and photographs and getting the autographs. I'm like, meh. Like, I don't, I, I've only got an autograph with, um, Ramathorn, because obviously I cosplayed Ramathorn, you know, as a comedy show, but I don't, you know, that's not my thing. Then, but, you yeah. know, like when you guys are doing that, like I'm like checking out art and like this and that, like, you know, and everybody has like something, a little niche or something that they like. And you just got to, you got to know what they like and just kind of, you know, pitch that. But also like Project Horizons is really, and that could be used for everybody because there's going to be a bunch of stuff that you don't know that you haven't seen some, you know, like, there, there's a good chance that there's something there that you are going to like or love or fall in love with, but you have no idea because you have never been exposed to it. You haven't seen it. And when you're, you're there in person, you're like, excuse me, my friends, like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, what is this? I want to know. I want to learn about it. I want to have this. I want to display this at my, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So yeah, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot to do. I always tell people you want to be dropped on another planet for a day or for a weekend, you know, because most people either they come for a day, um, especially like my nanny families will meet up and they're that's what my kid, my nanny kid said. And as soon as they said it, I was like, oh, my God, that's totally right. It's like being dropped on a whole nother planet for this is the world and be immersed. And you're totally right. There is something you're going to find there that you like, that you enjoy, that you've never, ever thought that you would like because you never experienced it. You've never heard about it. You didn't know about that. Um, you didn't know how these things were created or how these things were sold or what goes behind all these cosplays. Um, it's a whole new experience, but it's something that you could easily go do. It's not super expensive. Um, usually a lot of these conventions, it's the price of what you would do for an amusement park or anything. And you can usually get a weekend pass for as, as cheap as an amusement park one day pass, um, and have a great family little adventure and walk around and take some pictures. I always love when the kids take pictures with the cosplays, like you said, um, when they see Deadpool or, uh, I, I think I was with you guys, you guys were Kara Ramrod when the really awesome, uh, Anna and Elsa from Frozen showed up at the convention and that little girl like literally dropped in front of you guys. We were all walking and she saw Anna and Elsa and she just stopped yeah. and, and the cosplay, like they, they, they locked eyes. And the, I remember the two, two girls, they, they probably were probably in there early or late teens, early twenties. But I remember them just squatting down, like getting down on the floor with her and her just running over and giving them a big mm -hmm. hug. And I remember Andy just going, Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's what the convention's all about. Yeah, you know, yeah. like John, you know, I could talk to you all day mm -hmm. and I, I'm probably going to see you at some point in the next few weeks because mm -hmm. you know, as cosplays, Funkos, if it's not one thing, it's the other. But where can our fans stalk you, follow you, where your goods? Um, on Instagram, I'm at uh, Riddler3Twitch, or my personal is at JP Garfunkel. Um, on Twitter, at JP Garfunkel. On Twitch, which I haven't done in a while, it's a Riddler3. And the, all of those are just the number three not spelled out. On, on Twitch, I would typically open cards, and sometimes I would color, and just talk crap with people. And I need to get get on and play video games but i just haven't got a capture card and got motivated but um yeah i'm all i'm so all over there you have all your zombie work on the game of nerds you're yep. watching fear the walking dead walking dead will be back sooner than later i heard yeah um last season what's going is uh is there more shows coming out because i heard this ending of fear the walking dead was kind of 
bullshit and people aren't too happy with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but is there more franchises coming? Like, should I expect more John zombie coverage? Or are you like, please, if I have to deal with one more zombie, I'm going to take a crossbow to well, the head. No, no. So that is a very fair question. Um, so we'll just start with the flagship. This coming up season is the last season for the regular Walking Dead. That has already been announced. Fear the Walking Dead, I am not sure. I think that is still going to be going. That currently takes place, we don't know for sure, but I would say probably within a five to seven year range behind where the Walking Dead is currently. And then the World Beyond, which is always was supposed to be a two year show, has one more year to go, which is probably going to be 10 episodes. It's always been talked about that at least the world beyond is going to lead in to the Rick Grimes movies because he has signed on for three movies um, with AMC. Um, It's been balanced back and forth between being on TV or being in the movie theaters or being on their streaming service. So at this point, I I don't really know when and where that's going to be, but um Having a brand new one come out, I haven't heard anything about that. I, I do know, I mean, again, they've kind of mentioned the Rick Grimes movies. There has been a lot of talk that they want to continue stories and everything else. There's been some sort of ideas half cocked that they're, oh, wait, no, I am missing one. I'll go back. But um, that Jeffrey D. Morgan and Negan might have some sort of side story. I did, I did forget that. But he's on Supernatural now because you didn't yeah. hear Jensen Eccles yeah. got the yeah. yeah oh so Jensen Eccles and his wife are doing a Winchester prequel with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and um, the mom from Supernatural mm-hmm. about the Winchester's prehistory. So I mean that's been talked, but that's not anything said. But I, I have I did forget that when everybody was kind of signing contracts and everything else, um, Melissa McBride and Norman Reedus they played Daryl and Carol. They have signed on for multi-year um, contracts, and there is talk that there is supposed to be some sort of spinoff with the, them two, where they're going to Arizona or New Mexico or something, and everything kind of takes place in where are they at now? Let's say Virginia. So um, you know they're going to be taking a trip, and I don't know what the heck that's going to entail, but um, which also makes it tough to, especially with the, the last season, to ever be afraid of for either of them and anything that they did, because we already knew that they signed on long-term and they have another spinoff that's supposed to happen. But um, there hasn't really been a whole lot of talk in regards to that. So they want to, I mean, they want to keep everything going. You know, there's other been stories about um, they might do an Abraham backstory. There's some sort of like, maybe they want to do Glenn, maybe they'll do just random kind of other things and stories. Off characters. They have, that's the thing about this whole world is that, you know, they can, they can do so many more things. And I'll, I'll, like the other thing is it's only done stuff in the United States. Like they haven't, you know, I mean, they touched in Mexico a little bit, like in fear kind of early, but it's like, you can have a whole nother side. Why don't you get a boat and go like tour around the continent and find some other zombie yacht or something (laughs) out somewhere. Yeah. That would be my, like, there's, yeah. plenty, there's I mean, if they want to, there's plenty to do, or they can just, you know, hey, this is Australia, so you're, you know, you're fighting 
zombie kangaroos or I don't who knows. I mean, they can come with anything, you know, but <laughs> there's so many. There's All so many... I can think of now, as soon as you said zombie kangaroo was army of the dead with the zombie tiger. Yeah, All right. They tiger. took it too far. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Too far. Yeah, at this point, too far, it's just making sure people are paying attention and they're not just like zoning out be like wait he said like a zombie kangaroo it like let me rewind that is that did that really happen andrew laughed when the tiger came out he's like oh so that's what happened to the tiger in the walking dead <laughs> no shiva yeah shiva poor yeah. shiva she met her match with the army of the dead in vegas that's what, yeah, happened. That's what happened um if you liked this episode and you want to hear more you can find the Game of Nerds podcast on Spotify, Apple, and all the other places you like to stream your second favorite podcast because obviously we're your first. If you need to catch up with the latest nerd news, reviews, or recommendations, you can head over to thegameofnerds.com. And make sure you're following us on all our various social media channels from Instagram to Twitter as The Game of Nerds. As always, nerds, level up or respawn.